Have there ever been times you felt discouraged doing Taekwondo? What was your best sparring story? And tell us about someone you looked up to. Join me in my class as we talk with Bo and Hope about these questions and more on today's episode of Grade 7's Talk to Experts, where Elizabeth talks to a Taekwondo expert. Welcome to Grade 7's Talk to Experts, a podcast where Grade 7 students talk to experts and find out more about their specialty. I'm your host for this episode, Elizabeth, and I'm a student at College Park School in Lloydminster, Alberta. Before we get to our expert for this episode, I just want to share a little bit about who we are and what we will be doing. We are a class of 25 Grade 7 students in a non-traditional classroom setting where we are focused on experience-based learning using the STEAM approach. That STEAM, which stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Art, and Math. We want to answer the age-old question of why do I have to learn this? By By directly connecting what we study inside the classroom with the world outside school. For our podcast, students will be contacting an expert they know in their lives. This person could be an expert in their profession, job, or what would traditionally be considered a hobby or an interest. So without further delay, I'm pleased to introduce our expert for this episode, who's an expert in Taekwondo, Bo Ram Hong. Hello and welcome. Thank you, Elizabeth. Um, Let's start by getting to know you. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, So my name is Bo Ram, like Elizabeth mentioned. my friends and family call me Bo. It's my nickname. I'm 36 years old. I'm a Korean-born Canadian, which means that I was born in Korea. Um, the capital city is Seoul. That's where I was born. But my family and I moved to Canada in, when I was 11 years old. And we made we moved to Halifax, Nova Scotia. And I grew up in Nova Scotia, so that's where I call, call home now. Um and so shortly after we moved to Halifax is when I started Taekwondo as well. Um, the reason I am in Lloydminster now is for work. I am a police officer with the RCMP. Okay. How many people were in your family growing up? So I have mom and dad and an older sister. She's three years older and her name is Aram. And when we started Taekwondo, we start, actually started together. Okay. What do you do in your occupation? Um, So like I mentioned, I'm a police officer uh, with the RCMP and here in Lloydminster right now. Um, So that's my occupation right now. What do you do for fun outside of your job? Um, I hang out with Elizabeth um, as well as... um, hang out with Elizabeth's dad, who's my boyfriend, and we like to go work out, we like to go hike in the mountains. In the summer, we go kayaking, go in the water, we play with our puppy, Inkabel, um, and we like to cook really good food and try different types of food too, as well. Okay, so what was school like for you when you were younger? So I'll briefly talk about what school was like in Korea. Um, So I didn't actually, just the timing when we moved out of Korea um, to go to to, uh, Halifax was in grade five. So I did one semester in grade five. Um, School in Korea is very strict. Uh, There are many students. I think at one point I, I remember having up to 60 kids in one class classroom with one teacher Um, and they're very strict so if you talk out of turn when the teacher is talking or when you're not listening or paying attention um, you know we get punished (laughs) Uh, and when you don't do homework uh, we get in trouble big time not sort of different ways than we do in Canada Um, and uh, it's very disciplined. So, you know, we line up and we walk in lineups and we don't 
walk out of line and we don't talk out of turns and things like that. And then, um, and when I moved to Canada, I went into grade six. So that was my first year in Canada. Um, I found that it was a little more, um, it's a different style of teaching. This classroom was arranged differently. In Korea, I remember the desks were all in a single row. Um, whereas right off the bat, I think the desks were all like in a circle or like, you know, groups of four together. And a lot of talking and discussions were encouraged amongst classmates. And we did, we made lots of things. Um, and we went out into wilderness and did a lot of that stuff. Um, so yeah, obviously different languages. I obviously grew up speaking and learning in Korean. And then when I moved to Halifax to start grade six, um, I didn't know much English at all. Actually, I only know the alphabet. So I had to learn how to actually speak the new language. And it was a little tough, but um, I made lots of good friends. So they helped me out and I'm still friends with them to this day. Okay. How is Taekwondo different than other martial arts? Um, so Taekwondo is a traditionally a Korean martial art and it's almost, con it's considered national sport similar to the way hockey is in Canada. Um, and it is an Olympic sport. So there's, you know, pretty strict rules as to how to do the point systems so that you can actually compete fairly and you can determine who the winner is. So they have, they have to have pretty strict rules as to how you get points and who the winner is. Um, Taekwondo is, so the word itself, um, te means foot and then kwan means fist or hand and do is art or way of um, and so you do lots of punching and kicking so that's mainly um, different than say I'll compare wrestling or jujitsu or things like that where it's grappling or you're on the floor a lot that's not the case with taekwondo you're standing on your feet um, it's not good to fall down and, and fight on the ground. So that, that would be a little bit different than, say, judo or, um, you know, muay or uh, um, grappling type martial arts. And it is actually very kick driven. So even though I mentioned the fist, like a foot punching, that, that is part of it, but it is very heavily kick driven. So we learn all kinds of different kicks. And they're, if you ever seen them, it is, it's really fun. So if anybody is into, say, um, MMA or UFC type stuff, there, are, there will be some fighters that will do super fancy spinning hook kicks and, and like turning kicks and jump kicks and things like that. And that's what we do fair bit. So we learned, we learned how to jump a lot and high kicks to the head. So you get more points if you kick the head as opposed to the body because it's harder. Um, so that's sort of Taekwondo in a nutshell. Okay. I'm going to have Vanessa come up here and ask a question. Okay. Hi. Um, what's Hello. the highest belt in Taekwondo? Oh, geez. Um, I personally, let's see. My master... So that's what we, we don't call them teachers or we don't call them instructors. We call, call them masters. Um, I know my master that I trained fair bit um, had, he himself is considered grandmaster because of the level. And I know he got up to ninth degree, so ninth Dan. Um, but I know oh, it's tough for me to say what the highest would be. Um, I know that there are higher than ninth degree, but it's fairly rare. Um, myself, I'm a second degree black belt. Um, and so I would imagine there will be some like handful in the world that would have above 10th degree for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Uh, also, what's your most memorable sparring story if you do spar? Um, I do spar and that's one thing I guess um, I could have mentioned. So sparring is, is bread and butter of Taekwondo as well. Um, there's, oh, there's a couple of 
story. So when when I was young, so I w- would have been in junior high, I competed fair bit. Um, I competed at nationals and things like that. And so we used to I travel a lot. So, but when I was younger and was getting up to higher belt, there weren't too many girls that were in my category. So I had to fight within the boys category because otherwise I would have had nobody to fight or spar with. So I remember this one time regional, uh, I went to PEI, uh, another province, and had to fight a boy. And and I did have a knockout, which was kind of fun because uh, I didn't think that was going to happen. But And I was just, I had just started to really compete and travel a lot then. And so I did a back kick and I ended up knocking out this boy who wasn't even supposed to be in my category. So I was pleasantly surprised. Um, and... Uh, and then for my adulthood, um, so I didn't mention, but I also was in the military, Canadian Armed Forces. And so Canadian Armed Forces um, encourages fitness and, and sports as well. So I was actually invited um, to do a week-long um, elite training camp in Edmonton. So that was for all the Canadian Armed Forces Taekwondo uh, practitioners get together and um, and I got to compete with this female um, who actually competes at an international level. So I never did because I had an injury. Um, so I never competed internationally. But this girl who was from Toronto, um, she, so she she was obviously way better than I was. Um, but because it's training environment, they kind of put us together just so that we can progress and get better. And uh, so she, um, so I competed with her very nerve wracking because I knew how good she was. And it was a good, good experience because she also had ballet experience and Elizabeth is in ballet. So she would know a little bit, but um, dancers are very flexible. And uh, so she, she could, she, she was just hitting my head because she was just so flexible and I, it was just so easy for her. Um, so I was just getting knocked out in the head over and over again. And, uh, and then my coach at the time for the sparring, um, had said, listen, she is really good, but her thing is she only kicks in the head because that's, you know, that's what she's good at, but she generally doesn't, um, guard against her body area. So then I was able to get some kicks into her body section because she wasn't guarding it or she wasn't thinking of it much I guess so I did I was able to get some points in in there but it was a very good learning experience but I remember getting kicked in the head by this ballet international computer so that, that was it was a good experience <laughs> yeah okay uh, thanks thank you okay so can you tell us about an experience where you chose to participate and gave your best effort um so i'm gonna talk um i'm gonna talk about my black belt test um so my so i'll first degree black belt when i first got my black belt i was in high school grade 10 i believe um and and then my second degree came long time after that, um, and that was right before I became a police officer, and that was about five years ago. Um, these tests take all day long, and um, and it is very exhausting because it's it's very physical. Um, so, for my first degree black belt. Um, Part of it, it's so you mentioned, I think Vanessa mentioned sparring. So we do spar, but we also do um, forms and we also do breaking. So we, we have to learn how to break boards um, or, or bricks even actually. So um, I remember when I was doing, going for my first degree black belt, I was already exhausted because you have to do a bunch of physically draining things uh, along with, you know, sparring multiple different people. And then right at the end is when they stack up all these um, wood to break. And um, I didn't get it the first time. So, you know, like, and I was exhausted already. I was very tired. Um, And so they stack up, so I'll show you um, this. So they stack up boards like this. um, And there's multiple, there's a whole bunch of them that are stacked together as well as, um, as well as some like a slabs of bricks as well. 
And so I, you know, I gave a couple tries and then it, I didn't get it the first attempt and second attempt. And so, you know, like it's, it gets very draining and you have actually a big audience too. Your family's there, other students are there, other instructors are there. Um, and, you know, so everyone's watching too. So it's really nerve wracking and you kind of want to give up, at, at, you know, because it looks like it's never going to break. So I feel like that's, that's when you really have to have mental energy. Um, so you really have to, you know, uh, it's not just about physical part of it. It's all, it's definitely about mental, um, you know, strength and resiliency and, and then telling yourself that you are going to break it. And then it's the whole imagery, um, visioning your success. So you have to watch, you have to, you have to think about, and then see the boards breaking before you actually do it. Cause if you think that, Oh no, it's not going to break, then it's not going to break. So, um, I found that that's that, and I was fairly young and it's, um, I would have been probably 15 or 16 at that time. And so it's really tough because it's tough um, to kind of go get over that. So I would say my black belt test exams were really actually um, tough and very challenging. Yeah. Okay. In your opinion, what makes someone an expert? Um, so Taekwondo is, it's not just a sport. Um, and so it's not about whether or not you can kick really well. It's not about how many competitions you can win or how many, you know, degrees of black belt you can get. Um, they, it's also about your mindset. And so they, we were taught um, to be respectful, to have um, integrity and to have resiliency and strength and mental um, perseverance. So not to give up. So, so when you have all of those, um, I, I believe that's when you become an expert. Um, and really, and, and I like to think that, um, and I don't want to say that I'm an expert because I don't think I am. Um, and so because it, they also teach you to be humble as well. Um, so it's that mindset of always learning, um, even though I have a black belt. Um, there are so many more things that I could be learning as I go on. And so, you know, outside looking in, I would say that's, that's who an expert is in Taekwondo. Okay. Have there been times that you felt discouraged doing Taekwondo? Yes. Um, so I know, uh, you, you know, there, you guys are probably, you know, many of you guys are involved in sports and um, when you're in sports, you get injured and that's kind of, unfortunate um, reality in sports especially when you get pretty competitive and you get to higher level and so I when I was in grade 12 I was sparring and I was just during training and I landed on one leg and and I injured my knee and I didn't know what was wrong at the time it was extremely painful um, and it turns out that I had torn my ACL so one of the ligaments pretty important one in my knee and they actually didn't diagnose it until um 15 years later, I just knew that I had injured my knee, um, went to the doctors, they didn't, they couldn't figure it out. And, and then that was the end of it. And so I remember after the injury, I tried to go back and do the same things that I used to do in Taekwondo, and it wouldn't work. Um, my knee wasn't the same. And so I was extremely distraught, because uh, I couldn't do the same things anymore, because my knee kept buckling out and you know I kept falling and things like that very unstable knee and um, I didn't know why that was for the longest time um, until they actually finally figured it out um, so you know that was very discouraging for me during those years um, but I you know switched gears a little bit I started um, making my legs a little bit stronger around the knee. So I used, I started lifting weights and doing yoga and doing those other, other things to strengthen my, my legs. Um, because, you know, it was very frustrating not to be able to do the, all the fun things that I used to be able to do. Um, but I figured out a way to make it strong anyways. And then, and then you just kind of, I guess, live with it and then figure it out. So that was, it used to be a little bit more dis discouraging, but it's, yeah, it's gotten better now. Okay, I'm gonna have Caleb come up here and ask a question. Okay. Hello, my name is Caleb, and uh, how does the belt system work? Like, 
the colors of belts? Um, so it used to, so it, I'll, I'll rhyme off the, the belt system. So it goes, when you first start off, it's white. So it's kind of like to say that you, you're brand new, you don't know anything and, and you're going to start fresh. So that's white, yellow, um, orange, green, blue, red, and black. And um, sports always evolving. So in between those colors, they actually put the stripes on. So it goes from white. And then when you pass your first test, you actually have a yellow stripe on it. And then after that, you put the, and then you get the yellow belt. And then at yellow belt, when you test, you get orange stripe. And then after that, you get orange belt. Um, traditionally, it wasn't really that. It, they didn't have that many belt system, but over the years, they just kind of, the program just kind of evolved differently. So that's, that's the belt system. And then I'll show you actually. Um, so once you get your black belt, you get one stripe there. So meaning that that's your first degree. Um, and then when you get your second belt, you know, you get the second stripe on it and then so on and so forth. So you, it just keeps getting added onto that after you get a black belt. Um, and then traditionally you, you'll have your name um, embroidered on it and then the, the name of your school that you belong to. So, um, so that's, that would be mine there. And yeah. And you'll see, it's pretty interesting. You'll see these grandmasters. Um, so this is my first belt that I had ever, and it kind of looks gray now, actually. And um, the grandmasters that have had number of different degrees of black belt, it's actually like so old because they've just been in it for so long that it's tethering. And, and you know, that's kind of show, that shows experience and that, that really shows that they're experts at this, right? But that's how that works. And uh, what do the colors mean? Oh, so it's just a degree. So my understanding was that, again, like I said, um, you start as, you know, white, meaning like you are starting off fresh, brand new, um, with not much knowledge about this. And then as you get more knowledgeable in it, you're just kind of progressing in that color. And then meaning, black meaning, just kind of you're, you've really gotten... Um, you know, enriched experience and you, you really know the lifestyle and just the mindset that you're supposed to have to consider yourself as an, uh, an expert in Taekwondo, right? Thank you for answering my question. Thanks, Caleb. So what do you think failure has to do with success? Oh, that's a, that's a pretty deep question. Um, so what failure has to do with success? So you, um, so when, so when you have failures, you should be really excited about it, really. Um, because without failure, you don't actually succeed. Um, so when you fail at something, you should be happy about the opportunity. Um, because that means that you are going to figure out ways to do it better the next time to actually get to an, uh, your goal and accomplishing that goal. Um, it's not possible for somebody to be born and do things right first time every time. Um, so if you have a goal in mind, so for example, you know, breaking boards, like I was talking about, um, you know, by, by chance, you might know how to just stumble into breaking the board, but you have to actually practice and learn not learn to fail at it to actually figure out how to get it right. Um, so, you know, it, it comes with practice, hours of practice, and it's no different than any other sort of sports and activities that you do. Um, with Taekwondo, like I mentioned, um, it is a mindset that's involved in practicing Taekwondo. So having that mindset of being humble and modest and knowing that you are not perfect and good at everything, but knowing that you have to put in the hard work for it to succeed. And that's, and failure is all part of that. Can you tell us about a time when you failed and how it helped you? Um, let's see. 
So I'll talk about, um, I'll talk outside the Taekwondo context, actually. Um, so when, like I said, I'm a, I'm a police officer. So before I became a police officer, we have to go to a police school. And uh, for RCMP, that's in Regina. And uh, Depot Academy is what it's called. And so it's a six months of very intensive um, training to become a police officer. And you have subjects like you do in school. So one would be, um, you know, police defense tactics, which means that like you learn how to hand, go hands on and fight with people because that's what we do sometimes, unfortunately, have to do in policing. And then another subject is uh, driving. So police driving is very different than regular driving. So police officers in police cars have to learn how to drive really fast. Um, swerving safely all over the place to get to a place that you want to get to. And so every what, all of these subjects, they test you every so often, like just like they do in, in school. Um, and so even though I enjoy, I'm you know, a fairly good driver and I enjoy driving, police driving isn't the same. And so one of the tests, um, I had failed at it. And... You, they give you an opportunity to retest after practicing a whole bunch um, to see if you can pass the second time. But this was so critical that if you had failed the second time, I would be sent home and I wouldn't become a police officer. So it was very nerve wracking. Um, so I remember that morning I was just getting ready for retest, but I knew that if I hadn't, if I didn't pass that day, I would be packing up my stuff and going back to Halifax and I wouldn't become a police officer. So it was very nerve wracking. But um, uh, as I was going through the, the, the race course, essentially, where I have to drive really fast um, without hitting stuff, I, you know, kind of employed the things that I learned in Taekwondo. Um, so it's telling myself that I can do it and that confidence and um, visioning the success and, and accomplishing that goal. Uh, and then also deep breathing and just that, yes, I can kind of a mindset. And that's something um, we teach in Taekwondo, um, just telling yourself that, yes, you can do it. And so when I kind of talked to myself through it, through the 10-minute um, course. It's a very short test, but it moves very fast. Um, so during that test, I you know did all of these things that I learned in the 20, you know, five years of my Taekwondo experience. Um, and then I ended up passing, which was a great relief. So that I think is one of the most challenging failures I had to overcome. And uh, I ended up passing everything. So that's good. Did you do any other sports or activities as a kid? And if so, what were they? Um, when I moved to Canada, I was very excited that there were all these team sports. So I tried essentially everything. I wasn't good at all of them. Um, so I did try soccer and basketball. Um, wasn't, I wasn't good at those two things. But badminton and volleyball, I really enjoyed, so I stuck with it. So I joined a team in, um, in schools, and I competed in badminton and volleyball. Um, and, then, and then when I became adult, I ended up um, doing running as a race. So I have done full marathons and things like that um, in different parts of the world. Um, so I took up running, so that took me to doing uh, – you know the 42 kilometers in Philadelphia or I've done a like a mountain um, race in Korea with my uncle um, and so stuff like that and I'm hoping actually to do that in the uh, police competition as well and uh, and then uh, and then I really enjoy yoga as well actually um, that's something that I really enjoy because I think that it kind of goes along with um you know, keeping good mindset, and it's good for, you know, flexibility, too. Okay, I'm going to have Ashlyn here to ask you a question. When did you start Taekwondo? When did I start Taekwondo? Yeah. Um, so I was 11, so it was shortly after I moved to Canada, and I would have been in grade six when I started that. Okay. 
Tell us about someone you looked up to when you were younger. Um, I had, um, so I'm going to talk about my grandmother. Um, so that would be my dad's mom. Um, she grew up, so she grew up, um, she was, she went through a war, because uh, Korean War, which is fairly well known in, even in North America, because many of the Canadian soldiers went to help out in Korea for the war. Uh, my grandmother, who passed away um, 13 years ago now, I think. Um, so she, she lived through the war, and unfortunately, she also lost her husband early. So she was a single mom with six children, including my dad. Um, so during that time, you know, it was the olden days, so it was not common that females had jobs um, because traditionally females stayed at home long time, you know, olden times, and they didn't work and they just stayed at home and looked after kids, but she had to work. So she worked. Um, and uh, when I was growing up, she lived with me, with us in Korea. And uh, she encouraged a lot of, uh, when I was growing up, she would encourage a lot of um, activities that was considered traditionally male activities or jobs or accomplishments and she would encourage that I could do it or my sister could do it so she would always you know you would see some you know good story famous like a good story in the newspaper where like young young girl or young woman accomplished um, some awards that or a job or things like that that um, usually men would get but female, this one, you know, a girl would get it. So she would cut out the little clippings of the newspaper and send it to me or, or show it to me or, and, or put my name on it, actually. That's what she would do um, to say that I can do stuff like that, too. So, so I grew up with, uh, my parents are very supportive, by, but my grandma, who was very, you know, old school and traditional, but she also taught me that uh, females can do the same things that males can do. Um, so I really looked up to her that way. And uh, it was very encouraging. And I think she played a big role in me doing lots of these things, such as becoming a police officer or getting a black belt in Taekwondo or traveling the, traveling the world by myself as a female. Um, and, and, you know, just knowing that I can do that. I don't, you know, so that was, that was I think, very, very nice um, and very supportive and influential for me. Okay, Danae's going to come up here and ask you another question. Hi. My question Hello. is, why do you do Taekwondo? Um, so personally, um, I personality-wise, I'm a very aggressive person in terms of, like, I like to be active and, you know, um, and... Some people are artistic, so some people love to like write music or listen to music or sing and draw. Um, I tend to be a little more physically driven that way. And so when um, I get stressed or when I um, even want to really just kind of expel some energy, so that it's, I, I find that uh, physical activity is really good for me. And so that to me is really good in terms of um, getting really good energy from the exercise and um, Taekwondo the mindset obviously like the the teachings that the, it teaches I think that it makes a good good character it builds a really good character and then um, growing up it's uh, you know I met lots of friends I got to travel a lot so that was very enjoyable and um, and then when I got older as an adult um, I got into teaching so I taught, um, I taught the kids' classes. I also taught the adult classes, but I really enjoy teaching the, the children' classes um, because, you know, I know because I'm not, I'm not competing at the Olympics and things like that, but uh, kids, younger kids, especially um, younger girls would come up to me and um, and see a girl with a black belt, and they would they, they've told me and they said I I want a black belt now, I you know I, I want to be a girl with a black belt. So you know I like that um, I was able to inspire other young girls, um, and and then instill some of these very good uh, mentality in young people. So 
um, that's that became sort of in my adulthood. That's that became a really good motivation and and uh, desire to actually participate in Taekwondo for me. Thank you. Thank you. What's the best advice you have been given by a Taekwondo master? Um, it's it's the couple two things. Uh, my last master, he you know he always would repeat, uh, you know, can do attitude. So that's what he used to say to the kids. So it's essentially like I can do it. So this is that's what was taught to, in kids classes, but it's gotten me through um, a lot of difficult situations. So, you know, I can do it. And another one is um, he told the kids and I, I, I kind of took it and I stole this advice um, that he gave the kids. He, when kids were going through the belt test, um, he told them to control that nervousness. So, no, you know, be aware and recognize that you're nervous, your heart's beating faster, everyone's watching you, but you still have to do this. You, you have to accomplish this goal. Um, so it was, it's very good because, uh, and it helps in it for me now, it is life-saving skill and advice for me in policing. Um, because we get into very dangerous situations, um, and I have had, I had, I have had opportunities where I had to fight people because they were, they were fighting me and they wanted to hurt me. So I had to have that mindset that I will get over this and I will control this person without hurting that person and hurting myself, and that I will go home alive today. So that that's been really good. Um, and very critical, I think, advice for me. Okay. At this time, I'm going to open up the mic for anyone to ask questions they might have. Remember, you can ask your own question too, folks, right? Anything you want to ask. Um, just hold on one second, Timur. And once you're there, just take off your mask so that uh, we're asking here a little bit better, okay? Are we ready in line? Hi, my name is Seymour, and my question is, how many boards can you break? Uh, I think the most I've done is probably upwards of like 8 to 10. I can't remember. They're just stacked together, and, you know, it's, it's, it was a long time ago, but 8 to 10 of them. Um, yeah. That's a lot, and thank you for answering my question. Thank you. Hi, my name is Blake, and I was wondering, why did you choose to do Taekwondo? Um, taekwondo is traditionally Korean, so I wanted to make sure that I stay connected with my traditional um, culture. And um, so that's one reason. And my dad also is, uh, so in Korea, all men have to go to the military it's mandatory. So it's for two years now, you have to go to military. And when you go to the military service, they teach you Taekwondo. Um, and so my dad was very knowledgeable in Taekwondo. And so he encouraged it that way. So it, it, so it was really nice to connect with my dad in that sense. Okay. Thank you for answering my question. Thank you. Um, hello. Uh, have you ever traveled for Taekwondo? When have you been or where do you want to go for Taekwondo? Um, so I've only stayed in Canada. Um, so I've done nationals level. And like I said, I injured myself. So, you know, I didn't go beyond that. So, you know, when it was one year, it was in Toronto or Mississauga. Um, so I've traveled a fair bit um, in, within Canada. I'm hoping, so there is a, a competition for policing and firefighters called uh, World uh, Fire and Police Games. And that happens in everywhere in the world. And next year, it's supposed to be in Amsterdam, so in Europe. So they also have Taekwondo competition. 
Um, so, you know, maybe that could be a thing. I'm not sure. I love to travel. So, um, yeah. Okay. Thank you for asking me my question. Thank you. Uh, hi, it's me again. Um, I was wondering <laughs> if you do a lot of sparring and blocking and punching, uh, sorry, in kicking and punching, then what about uh, blocking and defense? Like yeah, defense? so... Yeah, so we, yeah, so in sparring, uh, it seems like you, you're very like sparring curious. Um, so we obviously get taught how to block and um, protect yourself um, from kicks mostly. And kicks, obviously, our legs are the biggest muscles. So they're very powerful. So if you get hit, it can really hurt you. So, um, so we learn how to protect our head area as well as the body area too um by rules we can't actually kick below uh waist level so with those rules you don't have to protect your legs per se um so we learn mainly to protect our body part and our head part and that's also really good um for my everyday job because on the streets when people fight just at a you know when they're not supposed to uh, people generally tend to punch a lot more and people generally, the bad people um, generally go for punch to the head. So it's really good for me to have this Taekwondo experience because I've already been taught how to block my head because to protect it. So people will come for your head to punch you and, and stuff like that. So, and that's, yeah, so that's what we've learned. So we do block and that's been really useful for me. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Hi. Uh, what parts or things from like Taekwondo did you use in your everyday life or job? Um, so like I mentioned, physically, it's been very helpful um, because as a police officer, we, we don't always get physical in policing. But there are times um, where it does get into, it, it does go to fights. Um, and when that happens, people, the bad people, the criminals or whoever, when they're fighting, generally they're not in, this, in sound mind. Um, so they're not thinking right. They're either drunk or on drugs or, um, or have other issues that they're not behaving properly. Uh, so they don't know that they shouldn't be hurting other people or police officers. So they won't, they easily don't, they don't stop easily. So they will continue hitting you or hurting you. Um, so when I've gotten into those situations, um, it's been very helpful to know the techniques that I've learned in Taekwondo physically so that I can control and restrain the person. But again, the mentality that I've learned Taekwondo is critical and it's been vital for me because during that fight where it's very challenging, I can't afford to think, oh, what if I lose this fight? What if I get really hurt? And I can't think that way because then it, you w will end up losing that fight. Um, so if, you know, that mentality that I learned from Taekwondo where I will win this fight, um, safest way possible, for everybody and I will go home today um, alive. So that, that mindset is very life-saving for me. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Ryan. Hello. So part of being an RCMP member is knowing they could be posted anywhere in Canada. What are some of the opportunities and challenges that it brings? Um, well, I, my parents and my sister and my niece now, um, they're all in Halifax and my best of friends, my friends are all in Halifax as well. Um, so, I mean, number one, you know, it's, I'm pretty far from Nova Scotia. So, you know, and especially with COVID, it's really difficult to travel. So that's, I would say, is the biggest challenge, number one, because I'm very close to my family and friends. And number two um, is just a challenge, I wouldn't say biggest, but um, Eastern Canada and the prairies are very different. And I've learned that when I moved here. I didn't really know much about it because I thought Canada was Canada, but Canada is a very big country. And depending on what part of Canada you're in, it's culturally very different. Um, so I have had to learn 
about lots of different things about the prairies, um, both obviously Saskatchewan and Alberta, and um, and how some of the challenges the prairie Canadians have out here as opposed to the Nova Scotian Canadians. So it's been educational and it's been learning uh, opportunity for me, but that's that has been a challenge, definitely. Thank you. Hi, I was just wondering if there's any, any person in your family that has encouraged you to keep on doing Taekwondo? Um, I would say my dad is probably a little bigger of a fan than my mom. Um, so my dad had encouraged me, you know, he, you know, he was very much the reason that I kept going and, um, and things like that. Um, my mom, it, it, she was always concerned because of the injuries. Um, so that's why it was a little bit different, but they both have encouraged me to continue on different ways, right? Um, and my sister was encouraging because my dad at first wouldn't let it. So I wanted to do Taekwondo, but my dad had this rule that my sister had, we both had to do it. Um, otherwise nobody can do it. She, he, he wanted both of us to go and start. Uh, my sister had no interest in it because she is the artistic one. Um, so she had no interest in doing it, but she did it for me. So we started together and she just did me a favor, really. So I, I think the whole family actually was all part of it. And my niece, who is 14 right now in, in Halifax, she's also in Taekwondo. Um, she is one belt away from getting her black belt. So, um, so that's kind of encouraging. It's like a family activity, I guess. <laughs> Thank you. Hello. What challenges has COVID brought to your job? What challenges have, have what, sorry? What challenges, ha what challenges has COVID-19 brought to your job? Oh, um, so I, so we deal with, we're just exposed to COVID fair bit. Um, so we often deal with um, people who are less fortunate, so homeless people or people um, without knowledge or education about COVID. And so it, we're, we're just a little more in danger of getting COVID. Um, so that's one challenge. Um, another challenge so even even like I guess I, I always kind of go back to the the physical fights, but um, we wear masks like you guys do, but we we wear the little more intense masks, and whenever we deal with anybody out in the members of the public now, but um, the last one of the fights that we've gotten into, we had we all had masks, but you you know you you can recognize how when you're doing physical activities with mask on, it's a little bit harder. So he, we were fighting this one person with a mask. And so in the struggle, the mask came off and we're right in the person's, you know, face and things like that. So really that we can't control that. We still have to go for safety first um, and controlling this person. And then mask is all over the place and um, things like that. But um, I would say it's just getting, ex the risk is just higher for us in getting COVID. Yeah. Okay. Hi. Um, Hello. My question is, what challenges has COVID brought to your um, to your Taekwondo training? Say that again. What challenges has COVID nineteen brought to your Taekwondo training? Um. Well. Um. So. In so in Lloyd Lloydminster, there isn't a Taekwondo school that I go to. Um, I believe there's one style of Taekwondo school that's in existence, but it um, it's not the same type that I do. So I actually independently practice now because I have no place to go and practice in a school. Um, and and having said that. Um, we still, so our, our CMP detachment has a gym and that's where, you know, we have a heavy bag and, and things like that, but uh, we still have to wear a mask. 
um, I don't know if you guys have to in gym classes and stuff like that. But right now, all the indoor gyms, you still like a, even service sports center, you have to wear a mask. So um, running, you know, doing a spinning hook kick or, you know, tornado kicks and like jumping around, like doing all of that stuff with the mask is pretty challenging. I feel like I'm suffocating and, you know, it's really tough to do. Um, so that's, I would say that's been the challenge. Um, in general, too, just without the COVID, it's hard um, to have a partner in practicing um, so I've, yeah, so it's just kind of tough. You kind of have to do it by yourself, but, um, I've taught Elizabeth's dad how to hold the pad so that I can kick it and punch it and things like that. Cause you know, we have these little pads here that we hold and then kick or punch. So you have to hold it properly and know how to actually hold it. So, um, I've kind of taught him how to do that so we can go back and forth and learn like practicing punches and kicks. Oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. Um, my question is, how many bricks have you broken at once? Uh, I think so that for my first black belt, so they've had these slabs of um, concrete um, that they've stuck together. And that, oh, I remember, I think it is like five or less. Yeah. I don't remember exactly, but. And then do you hit them, do you hit it with the side of your hand or like how? Um, that, that time I did it with the heel of the palm because uh, it's a little more, you know, there's a little more tissue there. And um, so then you kind of, you know, it was just this movement and it's a little more cushion than maybe the sides here. But I have done like when you have to do the board breaking, um, there are, there's kicks and punches and you know a knife hand and all of these things that you have to do and some of those you know when it's like a very like thin point like we've done it through here or here that those we would do less boards whereas if we were going down with the heel of the palm that we would stack up a lot more because you you do have a little more power there thanks for answering my question thank you for your question Okay, well, thank you for coming, Bolam. I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. We learned a lot about Taekwondo. Thank you to my classmates for the questions, and thank you, listeners. Have a great day, and stay tuned for the next episode. Thanks, guys. Stay tuned next time when Tegan talks to his uncle about restoring classic cars.